And it's interesting because we were reviewing this, this situation and like they did this and no products were talked about because that's <laughs> not, and I want this to sink in because in the financial world, Jeremy, majority of people are doing strategies to free up money to fund certain things that they get paid. Right. And I just want you to know that there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool strategies, but, but for this family, the best thing was for us to coach them and, and back it up by a model that says, do this to do this, and we have nothing to do with it other than the third-party coach. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Welcome to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. I am Jeremy, the lead wealth coach here at Better Wealth. And in this episode of From the Front Lines, we are going to talk about the power of the residential mortgage. Oh, I love this. <laughs> One of the things I want to start off, off with here is uh, Caleb says cost of capital, cost of capital. I think that because I see it in yeah. people's faces when you say yeah. that, they're like cost of capital. And then they, they're like, I don't know yeah. what that means, but let's keep listening to this guy because he's exciting. I Will you please define what you mean by cost of capital? Because yep. it's a super important concept when we think about a residential mortgage because I say things like debt vehicle, yep. right? So I'll need to define that in this episode. But if we, can, if we can understand a debt vehicle and we can understand cost of capital, I think that this is going to come alive for a lot of people because we don't look at the power of a residential mortgage, especially in the low interest rate environment that we're in most efficiently for our model. So yes. break that down to start off. I also I also want the listeners, or if you're watching this on YouTube, to know that we literally get in the studio, we turn on play, and we just <laughs> see what happens. So um, we'll see uh, we'll see how succinct I can be. I'm usually on the other side. I'm usually drilling you. Um, so here, when, when I think of cost of capital in my book, I call it control cost. You, you have to understand this. Everything that I think about in the forms of money is opportunity cost. An opportunity cost is a, is a function of when you make a decision, there's other consequences, could be good or bad. I'm here with you, Jeremy, and I'm, no, I'm not able to have other conversations. Right. I'm not able to do anything else but be with you. So there's a cost to being here. Sure. When I make a decision with, with my money, there's a cost by me not being able to make you know, option B or C. Right. So when it comes to you know, cost of capital or when it comes to debt, I'm always thinking about what decision is going to impact me now and in the future. So in my book, I talk about C squared. C squared represents this idea of number one, the first C is compounding. Every decision we make has a long-term effect. So when I was, I was talking to someone yesterday and they were talking about you know kids going to club league and all this stuff and, and it's about $10,000 for their kid for the whole year to play sports and all this stuff. And so we just took that $10,000 in over 70 years because I'm looking at that kid and you know what hopefully they'll be alive in 70 years. It was it was over one hundred fifty five thousand yeah. dollars of just like what that dollar could earn at a very very low rate. So that's like that's compounding, but then also control and being entrepreneurial. And this is obviously different for each person. It's like what could you do with that ten thousand dollars today? How could we multiply that in a marketing campaign? How could we market that in an right. opportunity? Because let's be honest, three or four or five percent is like the baseline. Sure. And so with that, when I talk about controlling capital or the control cost of debt, I'm looking at what is the cost to me today to control capital today sure. and what that could be worth in the future. 
And so we had another episode um, that was actually really phenomenal about the framework of how to think about debt. And there, right. we were talking about debt and real estate and, and how there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that have consumer debts and they're not even using it. They're using it to consume. And that debt represents a, such a drag on their cash flow. And, and the end result is not being, is not being powerful and right. it's just costing them a lot of money. So, so when you say drag on yes. cash flow, I- explain that. Well, I mean, it's just, it's taking a, it's eating up a lot of cash flow to control that, that money. So in this case, because they've consumed that $15,000 right. on the credit card, it's eating up $300 a month of their cash flow in order or to more. service that yeah. or more right? yeah. in order to service that debt. Right. So that drag prohibits them from doing something positive or, yes. or for the future with that $300. Yes. That could also be uh, looked at the other way. I now have access to that $15,000 to do something with, and it's costing me X amount of dollars a month to have that lump sum. Absolutely. And so that's, that's my thought exactly is, is you, you do have to look at how you're using that capital, but, but at the end of the day, if you can, if you can refinance a home, you can get a home equity. If you can take a business loan, I mean, we're even looking, I'm always looking for lines of credit and here's why. I'm always doing the math of like how how much money would it cost me today to control X and then what could I do with that money? Because I'll even say this, a 0% loan can be a terrible thing. A true 0% loan can sure. be a terrible thing if you use it to for, to push you behind. Sure, sure. But, if, but right now, interest rates are so low. I want people to start thinking strategically. So I know that you have an example. While you're talking, yeah. I want to actually do the cash flow scorecard on this refinance because okay. – I think the example that you gave with one of the clients that you sat down with recently was powerful. Right. And it just, I, I want people to understand like when we talk about cash flow and the scorecard, we, we talked at another episode on a client that had a lot of negative debts. And I think at the it's not that debt's bad, it's that these individual debts were not set up to be a powerful thing. And this, this is the reason why looking at, at all of these line items or all of these instances inside the context of your financial model is important. We can talk conceptually, and one of the things we're going to be doing in From the Front Line is really more of a case study mentality where we take Bob and Mary, a hypothetical couple, and we break down different aspects of their model, and then you guys listening can go, okay, how does that apply to me? You can go home. You can do the math. And if you need to, hit us up and do a guided assessment, and we can kind of walk you through some of that. So... In the immortal words of the Princess Bride, let me sum up. Okay. So, cost of capital is what it costs me on a cash flow basis from a monthly perspective to control a certain amount of money. Yes. Okay. 100%. So, in an instance like that, if I could, and, and I'm going to relate this to the, to the case study that we're going to talk about, if I could control $50,000, mm-hmm. okay, that is a lump sum of money. What does that cost me on a monthly basis? Well, then we get into this idea that I brought up about a debt vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Well, I don't have $50,000, okay? Or, or Bob and Mary don't have $50,000, but they do own a home and they do have some potential equity. And I, I nearly always say, will say potential equity because you can't spend equity. You have to do something to that potential value to turn it into spendable cash, Okay. Which is another episode. <laughs> that, that's that's really good, and right. I don't want to go explain 10 minutes right. of what that what actually meant. And just, just like you can't spend a rate of return, you can't spend potential equity. So the debt vehicle that you could use is a cash-out refinance mm-hmm. where you refinance your home and 
pull out some of that potential equity and you make it realized equity. Yep. What is my cost of doing that? Well, in the low rate environment that we have right now, it's astronomically, it makes so much sense because I see a lot of people, they're getting, they're doing cash out refinances after we have this conversation and they're at like 2.75% interest. They're at 2.83% interest. Now, you have to have income, credit, and, and debt history in order to qualify for this. Again, another episode. But when you have those aspects, and now I can control $50,000, the question is, in my model, and in the context of the model is important, what is the wisest use of that particular amount of money? Yes. For some people right now, it's just controlling it. It's not letting it sit in their home because they're concerned about values of, of uh, property going down. So maybe they want to harvest. I would say harvest some of that potential equity, realize it, do the math, realize that it's going to cost them 2.87%. For most of us, we go, that's a really low interest rate. But we don't think about the power of using the potential money from our home to further our financial future for a monthly cost. Yep. So maybe that $50,000 costs $150, $170 a month to control. Mm -hmm. So that control cost in this case is 2.875 or 2.75%. Now think about this real quick in the context of inflation. Yep. If inflation historically, we can debate this all day long, but if inflation historically is 3.22 something percent and I'm accessing money and I'm locking it in time and space for 30 years at 2.75%, they're paying, they're paying me to take money. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. They're paying me to take money. Now, yeah. I don't know how this works in, uh, inside the context of a greater it, economy. It, it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm interrupting you. It's so funny that um, when I worked at a bank, this literally the CEO, who's like a second father to me, he's like, they sell the mortgages. Most, most bit smaller banks sell it to like, you know, Fannie Mae or whatever. And he's like, <clears throat> the mortgage is literally the dumbest thing that banks take on. They're taking on... <laughs> They're, they're, he's like from a community bank. There's no way in the world right. we could assume this risk, and it's kind of like just like kick the can down the road. But a mortgage is an amazing instrument, and I right. think, I mean, unless the banks know something that we don't, I, it's you're pretty much paying me to have a mortgage. And so this makes a lot of sense for a lot of families because we are solidifying. And and again, thirty years fixed on two point seven five percent, two point eight. This is even three three yeah. and a half, four, we historically are a, such a low rate environment and we re, we've remained this way. So for many families that have potential equity in their home, how could controlling this capital influence yeah. their future? Okay. And we're not talking about consuming this money. We're not talking about, but if I have an average debt service uh, interest rate, or I'm sorry, I have an average interest rate on some consumer debts, that's 10, 12, 14% and I traded that inefficient debt vehicle for an efficient debt vehicle, that, may, that would put cash flow back in my pocket. So to caveat our previous episode about a debt framework, how do yeah. I look at these line items? If we take <clears throat> this particular line item, we take $50,000 of controlled money and we divide it by the monthly cost, right? The increase to our mortgage to control that $50,000, let's call it 150 bucks. What is what is that math? So, and just to go over the cash flow scorecard, yeah, anything under fifty in that scenario is like that debt is very inefficient, meaning it's consuming a ton of cash flow right. relative. Uh, fifty to a hundred is something that we need to look at as far as like we might want to refinance it, we might want to pay it off. Anything above a hundred is 
is efficient, and then obviously the higher number, the better. In this scenario, 333 is the number, which means that the goal should be not to just knock this debt out. It's, it's, it's essentially this is a very, very efficient, powerful debt to use. Right. And like you said, you could maybe pay off debt. You could invest in real estate. You could invest in yourself. You could invest in business. You could, I mean, essentially, you name it. Refer to some of our other episodes yes. for how to, how to amplify your number one asset, which yeah. is you. Right, Correct. you, you, and I can make this argument all day long. Have brought the most money to your household economy and to your life throughout the course of time. Yep. There's no piece of real estate. There's no 401k. There's no business because all of those are derivative of you. Yep. Okay. So in this instance, we could take and control this fifty thousand dollars and and use it to a great extent to really magnify what's going to happen in our future. And so to to relate this to a case study type mentality. <clears throat> It's a very simple uh, instance. So we work with some people, and they're not necessarily in a position to save a whole lot of money on a monthly basis. They're an amazingly beautiful family, and they they do well, but they have a lot of kids, and yep. they, their, their ethic and the way that they live causes them to consume quite a bit on a monthly basis. And we looked at their home. And there was potential equity. And the, the way that they were having to live in their house because some, some work needed to be done was really frustrating to the dynamic of the household. Well, when looking at this, we said, hey, have you, have you looked at a cash-out refinance? And they're like, what's that? Right. So we had this conversation. And ultimately, um, what has happened is that home, I, I believe, from conversations, has the dynamic in the home has really changed to one of... Uh, we love where we live. Yeah. And because we love where we live, we show up more intentionally where we work, in that household, right. in our community, in our church, and so on. Because they, they took a refinance and then poured it into the house to up the value and just up the living. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it Really, it was about livability. But the ancillary uh, benefits were the house is now worth more, yeah. right? Mom and dad show up better. They have yeah. a more, more, uh, uh, more better is what I was going to say, but that's not right. <laughs> so we'll make up. Words. We have a more better relationship now <laughs> in in this particular thing, and that has become a launch pad into what's next, yep. right? And there's an enthusiasm and a real sense of responsibility and extreme ownership about the financial aspect of their life, and it's manifesting itself in other aspects of their life, and that's really rewarding for, yep. for me. I also want people to know that we talk a little bit about the unlimited membership and like what coaching looks like and the model, and, and if this is all new to you, go back in the episodes. Uh, Jeremy and I talk a lot about um, consumption models and, and how we do business, and it's interesting because we were reviewing this, this situation, and like they did this, and no products were talked about. <laughs> because that's not, and I want this to sink in because in the financial world, Jeremy, majority of people are doing strategies to free up money to fund certain things so that they get paid. Right. And I just want you to know that there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool strategies, but, but for this family, the best thing was for us to coach them and, and back it up by a model that says, do this to do this and we have nothing to do with it other than the third party coach and you could see things because you're not emotional about their house you're not emotional about their family and the result from that is not only a great family but like even the fact that the the person that was working is making more money now that's true yeah. why do you think that I, I mean there could be a lot of different reasons 
but there is something to say if you can if you have peace in the home you can show up powerfully in other areas and that goes back to you being the derivative of anything in your life anything whether it's real estate your business whether it's you're a genius investor it all all ties back to you how you think and how you make decisions yeah so to to kind of sum up this particular episode sum up control costs the whole thing so um the cost of capital is the monthly cash flow obligation right what does it cost me on a monthly basis to have access to this lump of money now that could be access or i've already spent this right because there's a cost of capital to using a thing like a credit card where i've already consumed that amount of money and it's costing me x amount of dollars if we translate that to the residential mortgage it is one of the most efficient debt vehicles. Yep. Okay, when I say debt vehicle, a, a car transports you from point A to point B. A debt vehicle takes you from point A to point B from a financial perspective, whether I've already consumed or whether I'm getting access to a certain amount of dollars. So, if you have a home where there's a, a lot of potential equity and you have a financial model where maybe there's some line items that are inefficient. We've, we've discussed how to use the uh, debt scorecard in order to analyze those. Take a look at what it would cost. What is the cost of capital in order to control a greater amount of money? And how does this farther my financial model towards where it is that I want to go? And again, start the an- analysis on yourself. Go to betterwealth.com. We have a guided assessment. We can walk you through some of this. And I think I think that you'll realize, man, I have a lot more power than what I thought yeah. I had because I've just switched my mindset a little bit about this magnificent tool called the residential mortgage where literally they will pay you to take money over the course of time if you do it correct. I love it. If you're listening to this on an iPhone, do me a favor. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and give us a five-star review. It, it really, really helps. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Um, please share, give this video a thumbs up, and we're just trying to get this message out. It, it has so much more to do with intentional living, yeah. taking control of what you can do today so that you can live more powerfully today and in the future. And Jeremy, thank you again for an, another amazing episode. I hope this was helpful. Go live intentionally. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.